Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The preseason week three review episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. It's a new season, and with all the things that have changed in the NFL landscape, the one thing that hasn't changed is where I'm putting my money down on all the games this year. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. And this year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of a huge cash prize pool. MyBookie also has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit up to $1,000 with a first deposit bonus. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer visit my bookie online today that's my bookie m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e and don't forget to use the promo code chair when creating your account to claim the bonus my bookie bet win get paid the preseason week three review episode is also brought to you by a new sponsor and i have uh buddies of mine who are especially excited to hear me read uh this copy more specifically because i have been dreading reading it uh just because of of what the product actually is not that it's gross or disgusting or anything it's just it's it's weird it's it's just awkward to have to read something like this uh i want to dedicate this ad read to my buddy uh ryan simmons if you're listening to this Uh, i would also like to dedicate this to the master himself lauren cox who has done a masterful job of reading these ads on locked on bears if you want to hear some great uh, ad reads that lead into this product go listen to locked on bears or actually listen to the show itself i'm giving hey we're, we're plugging locked on bears but um want to dedicate this one to uh to lauren cox and um speaking of cox guys remember the days when you were ready always ready to go want to increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed then listen up bluechew.com that's blue like the color Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You guys can actually hear me smiling, can't you? So you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full or empty stomach. And since they are chewable, they will work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever the opportunity (laughs) arises. If you can benefit from the extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game. Blue Chew, <laughs> Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness, just like this ad read. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, we've got a special deal going for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code armchair 
Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code armchair to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast, and I thank you all for still being here. Because <laughs> we got a whole show to do, guys. This is preseason week three. It's the quote-unquote dress rehearsal, and for the second year in a row, Matt Nagy dressed no one of note uh, for the football game. But um, it was an interesting night. The Bears finally won one, but there was a huge story that overshadowed everything, not just the Bears and the Colts, but the entire sports world. And we got the story because we were up front and personal for, for it all. So it's the preseason week three review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Three down, one to go before our beloved take the field at Soldier Field against the Green Bay Packers to kick off the 2019 campaign. What's going on, everybody? Larity back, the preseason week three review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Uh, I hope that you all enjoyed the ad reads. Get used to Blue Chew because they're probably going to be around for a while. So the challenge will be to try and see if I can be as clever with my transitions as uh, Lauren Cox is with his or the other various people I've heard read those ads on almost literally every podcast that I listen to these days. Those guys are everywhere, so it actually is a big deal that we as a network have landed Blue Chew as a sponsor because those guys are everywhere. So I think it also not only is a little something that we can poke fun at and, and, and have some fun with, but... It's also kind of a, a step in the right direction for the network as a whole. So it it is a big deal that these boner pills are, are sponsoring the show now. But uh, anyway, here we are. Uh, the dress rehearsal game last night between our beloved Chicago Bears and the Indianapolis Colts took place. And no one dressed for it. Uh, no Khalil Mack, no Trubisky, no nobody. And frankly... Uh, after the way that the that this weekend unfolded uh, with the games across the league, Nagy looks smarter and smarter every single day. The Texans lost like two or three guys, including their starting running back, Lamar Miller, to a torn ACL. Uh, some of the Lions players got banged up on, on I believe, on Thursday night. Uh, I think the Packers and the Raiders, who were playing on an arena league field uh, in Canada, uh, the the Packers lost. I think Equinemia St. Brown. I think broke his ankle. He might be done uh, for the year. There are other guys that you know getting their knees caved in and all that kind of stuff. It's Nagy's looking more and more like a genius. It's like, yeah, we might start the season a little rusty, but everybody's going to be healthy and ready to go. And if I get somebody hurt, it's going to be in a game that means something, not in a meaningless preseason game where we're only keeping score just so the fans know who's winning because that's basically all that's going on. It's a glorified practice is all a preseason game is. That's really all it's it's become uh, over the last few years. So, I mean, especially since the Sean McVeighs and the Matt Nagy's of the world are sitting all their starters so that they're ready week one and they don't have a tragic Teddy Bridgewater story or anything like that to – to report and and you know have to basically alter their franchise because of something that happens uh well and and actually in teddy bridgewater's case that happened in practice so 
you know, but it, it, it happens every, or, you know, God forbid, a, like a, a Trent Green back in 99 going down and, and only by the grace of God did Kurt Warner turn out to be the player that he turned out to be. Uh, I mean, the Bears had that happen to them back in, what, 04, 05. Rex Grossman breaks his leg in the preseason against the Rams or something like that, and we are scrambling to find a backup quarterback. I think that was the year that we had Chad Hutchinson as a backup quarterback, and we put him in there, and he was so awful that he got outplayed by our rookie fourth-round draft pick, Kyle Orton, who ended up being our starter in 2005. And thanks to the fact that we had the best defense in As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast football in 2005 we had a successful season even though we we're averaging like 14 points a game our defense was barely giving up 10 i still marvel go back and look at the just the scores alone in 2005 the bears held their opponents to under 10 points like six or seven times in tw- in 2005 it was remarkable and that was the year that erlach won uh defensive player of the year but nonetheless it was uh you know it started out kind of boring. It started out kind of dreading it because it had a very familiar uh, tinge to it as far as it looked like it was going to be the Giants game all over again. The offensive line came out dead. They weren't uh, protecting Chase Daniel, who had a, another subpar performance that wasn't entirely his fault. And it just, you know, they, they aren't blocking for the guy. It, it, it's, it's kind of difficult to be able to make your case when there's somebody in your face the second you finish your drop or even before you finish your drop. The offensive line, to me, is our major concern after, like, our depth. Like, God forbid Kyle Long, who we can't 100% trust because he's been unhealthy for the last three years, or, you know, it is the NFL, and the fact that we stayed as healthy as we did last year, that's an anomaly. That doesn't happen to every team. So if Leno goes down or Massey goes down or something like that, it's going to be ugly out there, or it could get ugly because I think we have some serious weak links if we have to to rely on our backups to to help us out on the offensive line and it's football as we found out yesterday all those guys dropping like flies with uh, with injuries in, in the preseason games and everything it's a violent sport injuries happen all the time so not just in the preseason but in the regular season it happens every year and um you know it's likely to happen to us at some point at some level hopefully we can have the same luck last year where we're losing guys for a couple of weeks instead of shutting them down for the entire season injuries that require surgery and 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 whatnot but uh if something happens to the offensive line this year that's where things could get uh interesting for trubisky uh back there so uh 
yeah, I'm far more concerned about our depth at offensive line than I am about worrying who our backup quarterback is going to be. And I'll just go ahead and settle that debate for you now. It's going to be Chase Daniel, not Tyler Bray. Tyler Bray had a good game yesterday, finally. Uh, he finally threw the football with some accuracy and put the ball where it needed to go as opposed to being this guy with a cannon that can throw it from one end of the stadium to the other. As And, you know, the, the terrible joke that I keep making over and over again, you can throw it from one end of the stadium to the others just so long as you don't care where it actually lands because accuracy has not been that guy's strong suit. Ask Marvin Hall. But uh, yesterday against the Colts, he actually did fairly well. Uh, let me see if I can pull up his uh, stats real quick. Oh, of course, I had it available. There we go. Tyler Bray, 11 for 16, 136 yards, one touchdown, one pick. So a very accurate day for Tyler Bray, who's who's usually having more of a Chase Daniel day, and Chase Daniel was only three for nine uh, yesterday. So an ugly performance for uh, Chase Daniel. He's still the guy. Uh, he's, he's still going to be the backup guy. So just kind of put that away. Don't fall in love with Tyler Bray because he had one decent outing against third and third and fourth stringers yesterday. So anyhow, the game in general, uh, like I said, started out poorly. Uh, the offensive line not blocking for Daniel. Like I said, as soon as he finished his drop, somebody was in his somebody was in his face or hitting him from behind or coming around the edge or something like that. Our, our you know, you know, Lucas. That left tackle, he's terrible. Number 73 is terrible. TJ Lemmings went down with a knee injury, I believe, a knee injury yesterday. Um, you know, uh, McCray, the number 60, the guard, he was terrible yesterday. He turned his back on a defender who came in right behind him and hit the quarterback and uh, things like that. So, I mean, the, uh, the backup offensive lineman, the reserves we have, uh, Harry Heastand is an outstanding offensive line coach, but he can only work so much magic on on what he's been given. Uh, Alex Bars did look good yesterday, and because of our our depth at tackle, or because of the injuries, we've lost two offensive tackles. In we've uh, one we lost uh, Rashad Coward last week to an elbow injury. He's not done for the year. At least I haven't heard anything definitive about how long he might be out. And then we lost T.J. Lemmings yesterday. He actually had played some time uh, at tackle. Uh, for the Bears uh, yesterday, and and from what I noticed, he did all right at uh, at tackle. So he's been playing at guard mostly uh, for the Bears. But I th I think Bars is going to make the team. So I think as an undrafted rookie free agent, he will make the team. It will be him and um, Ted Larson who did not play yesterday. The Bears did not even risk our top reserve interior lineman uh, yesterday. And um, who else? Maybe Coward. I don't know. Who, who I don't know who the tackle is going to be now so we'll have to wait and see maybe ryan pace is going to have to check the waiver wire or or, or or shake trees on on anyone who's a free agent that hasn't been signed uh by anybody to to shore this up with the tj lemmings and rashad go rashad coward going down with injuries cornelius lucas is not going to be the i mean he's the guy by default but he definitely does not deserve uh the gig ryan pace is going to have to do some some searching and and find uh Find us uh, an outs, uh, an offensive tackle, a swing guy uh, there you, for, for that. But, um, you know, uh, it was, uh, like I said, it, it looked like Friday night versus the Giants all over again. The, the defense was uh, was bad with, with the tackling. I mean, I think both the touchdowns that the Colts scored in the first half, especially the second one, um, it was a, a, like a 30-something yard uh, pass reception uh, for the Colts that if um, – 
if the guy makes the tackle, it's uh, it's yeah, it ended up being a forty-six yard reception. It helped put the Colts up seventeen to seven, and um, it, it kind of looked like from that point it was like three fifty-two to go in the first half. The Colts are up ten. The Bears are doing nothing. The only touchdown we had on the board was a defensive uh, touchdown by Deion Bush, and I'll talk about that play here in a second. But you know, we had nothing to do. We did nothing. On offense, the only points we had to show for was a defensive touchdown, and the Colts looked like they were going to run away with it, and that uh, you know this was just going to be another bad showing by our reserves and or guys trying to make the team uh, in the in a preseason game. So it wasn't looking good. And then uh, right before the, um, I thought this happened in the, th- I thought it happened right before halftime, but it's showing that the uh, maybe ESPN is. Uh, Maybe ESPN got it wrong. I, I thought the field goal from Pinero happened before halftime, but I guess it looks like it happened in the third quarter, or at least that's what ESPN is saying. I'm looking at the tail of the tape here, the box score, if you will. 58-yard field goal from Eddie Pinero, and that thing would have been good from 68. He murdered that ball, and it was dead center, straight down the middle, no worrying about if it was going to bang off an upright or anything like that. 58 yards, he pounds it through, and he was jacked. So was I, actually. That's, I mean, that's a big deal no matter what, no matter who your kicker is. 58 yards, that's huge. He made it with room to spare, and it's for a football team that is dying to find its kicker. And I'm not going to sit here and pound the table and say, we did that last night. We found our kicker. All I can say is I feel better about the kicking situation after Pinero's uh, performance last night. Now, playing devil's advocate last night, was in a dome, controlled environment, you know, no field condition issues or anything like that, a.k.a. nothing that he's going to have to work with in Soldier Field where the wind can be an issue. We have the worst field in all of professional sports uh, thanks to the Chicago Park District who refuses to let us get field turf uh, out there in Soldier Field and uh, and everything like that. And uh, so we'll see. It was on the road in enemy territory, but in a in a dome field, a controlled environment, that kind of thing. So we'll see uh, how it happens on Thursday. I'm sure they're going to let Pinero get his share uh, of kicks, uh, you know, points be damned uh, for the offense. Uh, we really need to get uh, Eddie as many reps as possible, help to kind of build him up. But uh, last night was a huge step in the right direction. He was perfect in all of his kicks. He nailed the extra points uh, for each of our three touchdowns and nailed two field goals, one from 58 and one from 21 uh, last night. So uh, kudos to uh, Eddie Pinero, who was uh, who, who became the last man standing in the whole kick competition when the Bears had eight or nine kickers at one point uh, for, for mini camps and tryouts and whatnot. Now we're down to one guy in Eddie Pinero, and he made a case that uh, Ryan Pace no longer needs to look around the league that we have our kicker now. So knock on wood. That becomes the case. So, um, but to, to to transition back for a second, that uh, touchdown from Dion Bush uh, was an outstanding play f- all around. Uh, actually, he uh, he went in and basically ripped the ball out of the arms uh, of the uh, the tight end that that made the uh, reception. Uh, just and it just so happened that he was able to once he finally had possession of the ball 
acknowledged that he hadn't been touched, got up and ran a, ran downfield, and it ended up being a 91-yard, I think they're calling it an interception. Yeah, they called it an interception because the ball never touched the ground. So it became an interception, 91 yards for, for Deion Bush, and that's what got the Bears on the uh, board. And then just to jump ahead a little bit, later on in the in the game, I believe in the fourth quarter, yeah, in the fourth, third quarter, third quarter, uh, James Vaughters, who had that big strip sack on on Daniel Jones last week against the the Giants, that our our less than stellar offense did absolutely nothing with, and that drive ended in a missed field goal for Elliott Fry. Um, does it again? He he got there and and got the quarterback's arm. Uh, Walker, I think, was his name at the last second, and you know everyone kind of sat around and thinking it was an incomplete pass. Uh, Iggy, uh, Yoel E.A. Booneyway picks up the ball and kind of casually jogs into the end zone, and then the referees throw their arms up. They're like, whoa, all right. Because so, he just kind of jogs it in there, and then he turns around. He sees arms extended in the air. He's like, hey, touchdown. Okay, I'll take it. Why not? Uh, kind of thing. And here's what the great thing about both of those plays was. Not just because they both swung our way, but because the referees – let the plays go through. They let the players play, essentially. I mean, and it, that's exactly what I would like to see them do across the board, not just when it's the Bears that are involved, but you just don't see it enough. Everybody's so uh, so eager to blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, and, and things like that, and I get it. It's human error. It's a knee-jerk reaction thing. I completely understand it. It always sucks when it doesn't work out that way, but I would much prefer that they swallow the damn whistles, let the play play itself out, and then use replay. That's what it's for, for turnovers, touchdowns, that kind of thing. Every one of those plays gets replayed automatically. So coaches don't need to challenge or anything like that, whether it's two minutes left in the, in the half or the first play of the game, if it's a scoring play or a turnover, it gets reviewed no matter what. And I think the referees did an outstanding job in those instances last night to let the players play, let the play itself play out, and then let replay kind of, you know, sort it all out. And in both cases, it worked out for the Bears that A, Deion Bush did not get touched after he took the football out of the receiver's hands, and that B, uh, it really was a uh, fumble. Vaughters didn't hit the ball out of his hand before the arms or the quarterback's hand or arm started moving forward. It was a fumble. Iggy picks it up, casually jogs it in. It was it was like that nightmare scenario in the Packers game back in 2013 when Peppers sacks Aaron Rodgers to have the ball just kind of casually roll out there. The and no one does anything. Randall Cobb picks it up and runs it in. Uh, for a touchdown or was it Devonte Adams doesn't matter because it should have been one of us trying to pick it up but instead the Packers got a garbage touchdown for free uh, out of it this time it goes our way in the preseason game against the Colts ended up being the difference uh, in the game because if you look at it the offense for the third week in a row scored 13 points one touchdown two field goals third week in a row thanks to our defense we got our 27 points <laughs> and and uh, it, it helped us get a victory over the Colts 27-17 to 17, uh, last night. Uh, other big highlights in the football game besides Eddie Pinero kicking a 58-yarder and being perfect with all of his kicks uh, last night. I did mention Tyler Bray. 
I want to give credit where credit is due because I've been harping on the guy about how he's got this cannon for an arm but couldn't hit the blind side of a barn uh, with, his, uh, with how terrible his accuracy has been. And then he comes out and has one of his most accurate performances that I've ever seen. 11 for 16, and uh, how much did I say it was? 136 yards. Had a touchdown. Did throw a pick, though. Uh, what are you going to do? But um, Ryan Nall only had two carries, but they were for 73 yards. So he, he averaged nearly 30, uh, 37 yards a carry. Something like that. Yeah, 36.5, so nearly 37 yards of carry. Fee, uh, highlighted by a big 69-yard uh, touchdown run uh, where he's showed some uh, showed some speed and, and uh, broke some tackles, went, ran through the hole. He looked like a running back, and I was just telling my buddy uh, who came to watch the game with me last night that uh, you know I, I think that Ryan Nall could make the roster and be on the team if he would let go of the I only want to be a running back thing. If because we've seen him in the preseason, this guy can play. He can run the football. It doesn't mean that it, that if you only you know if if you agree to be a a fullback or an H back, it doesn't mean that that's all you'll be because you've made your case in the preseason that you can run the football. I mean, if anything, it could be a personnel thing, you know, a deception, uh, if you will. That uh, when if you're the lone setback in in a formation. That things that, that the defense automatically thinks that we're going to pass because you're in there to block. And the next thing you know, you dump out for a screen and then, hey, there we go. We got a big play. The defense had their pants down because they weren't prepared to defend you. And, you know, that kind of thing. So we've seen him catch the ball out of the backfield. We've obviously seen him run. I would love to see if the guy can block as far as, you know, maybe even being a lead blocker because there's no full, there are no fullbacks on the roster uh this year so there's there are no michael burtons or or anything like that uh whatsoever so there's no fullback in this offense and i think that's number one a a big reason why bradley soul is uh is in the position that he's in he's going to be more of the h-back type guy that that's uh you know blocking out of the backfield and and things like that lining up on the, the you know basically being that extra tackle without having to be have an unbalanced line or having someone new declare eligibility. It's actually more of a convenience thing than anything else with Bradley soul transitioning to tight end. So, but I think that, that Ryan Nall would be a shoe in for the roster. If he would agree to, to play a role like that uh, for the bears. I, I really do as, as, as far as trying to be a running back, it's an uphill battle for him, even with the performance that he's had because he's, you know, he's not a fast guy like Kareth White to be a, uh, a kick returner. And we have a Tariq Cohen. We have Damon Montgomery. We got Mike Davis. Uh, it's a tough, it's, you know, there's some going to be some decisions for the Bears to make at running back with Ryan Nall running the ball the way that he did. Um, we had, uh, you know, Kareth White uh, ran the ball fairly well yesterday. Um, the new guy, Josh Caldwell, that we signed. Uh, was is a hard runner that we just got from the Chiefs, and he's the guy that took uh, uh, Eddie uh, or Elliot Fry's roster spot uh, when Eddie Pinero won the job last week. So, you know, if everybody's talking about how the Bears are going to have tough decisions to make at wide receiver, we got tough decisions to make at running back uh, as well. We got guys that uh, you know that could deserve a, a roster spot that uh, 
we may lose. Like we're going to put them on waivers and hope to put them on the practice squad. And they're going to get picked up by somebody else. So the Bears do have some decisions to make next weekend uh, when final cuts are, are, are to be made. And uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm very interested to see how next weekend next weekend goes. So, uh, yeah, very interested to see there. So, uh, Deion Bush had his touchdown. Uh, Iggy had his uh, heads-up play. I mean, and more than anything, it was a heads-up play by, by Iggy to go and pick up the football. Uh, you know, maybe even having flashbacks of the Philadelphia game uh, in, the, in that wild card, that wild play where uh, – uh, Trubisky hits Taylor Gabriel down the center of the field. LeBlanc knocks it out of his hands, and everyone ruled it an incomplete pass when in, when in turn Gabriel made like four steps with the ball, and it was actually a fumble that nobody picked up. Well, somebody run over there and pick it up. Iggy ran over there and picked it up last night, and uh, it got us a touchdown. He's got a defensive touchdown now, and he actually played really well after that. He had a sack. He had some tackles and everything for a guy that's been really quiet so far uh in the preseason so um yeah that was a a nice heads up play uh from Iggy yesterday we also got an interception uh last night let me see if I can find this kid's name because it's it's one of those really fun uh names that the bear Jabowu Jabowu I think is his name yes what's his first name Uh, do I even want to know um just putting it down as D Jabowu Doyen Jabowu he is uh, from Fort Hayes State. He's one of our undrafted rookie free agents. He had a pick uh, last night. So three turnovers in all. And I think that uh, all the turnovers led to points yesterday. The pick six from Deion Bush, the fumble recovery from Iggy, and the interception from Jabowu led to the touchdown pass from Tyler Bray to um, Hersted. Uh, Horsted, uh, the, the undrafted rookie free agent out of Princeton, Three catches, 39 yards, and the touchdown was the 20-yarder. So, you know, Ian Bunting made a couple of catches yesterday for 31 yards. Uh, Caldwell caught a couple of passes out of the backfield. Uh, Ryan Nall had one reception for 11 yards out of the backfield. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, we we did good things last night. After a horrible start, we're down 10-0 after the first quarter, and it looked like it was going to be another one of those Giants beatings. And uh, we woke up in the second quarter, spurred on by Deion Bush's uh, pick six for the uh, touchdown, and we're kind of off to the races uh, after that. So um, it was nice to see him win. Again, you know, we we had some tackling issues early on. I think that's what led to the Colts scoring more than anything uh, last night. But uh, we got better as it went along. We started getting after the quarterback and, you know, got another cut another couple of turnovers and, and uh, started moving the ball a little bit more on offense and, uh, we're able to to get the win. So the Bears don't go winless in the preseason, regardless of what happens Thursday. We did get one win, and uh, we'll move on to this fourth game against the uh, the Titans. Get the roster trimmed down, and then get ready for uh, get ready for the Packers. We're we're what ten, eleven days away now, eleven days from today. Where 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 it's it's going to be on between us and and the Packers Thursday night football to kick off the year. It cannot get here uh, fast enough. So. Um, Anyway, I think that's going to do it for the game itself. Uh, I want to thank all you guys uh, this week for all your uh, your feedback uh, and everything. I um, the Armchair Network is um, we're we're launching our new website tomorrow on the twenty sixth. We're rebranding um, 
from the Armchair All-Americans to the Armchair Media Network. It's going to be more a podcast-centric entity, uh, if you will. And with that, uh, they they kind of wanted to rebrand everybody. And obviously, the Bears Talk Underground is still going to be the Bears Talk Underground, but we all have new show logos and show covers and things like that. Um, Mine was uh, a combination of of the um like the new bear head which i have fallen in love with more and more since i finally saw, you guys should have seen the first attempt at the logo it was it was not good <laughs> it was not good i had to come in there and be like no 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 no. we're this we're doing we're not doing that we're let's do something different uh they, they gave me the the bear head that we have now which i love um so it's basically the 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 artist that the that was hired by the network his elements, my design, is what ended up being the, the final uh, show cover. And then I used the bear head to make a brand new uh, Bearstalk Underground crest, uh, if you will. And I asked you guys for some feedback earlier this week uh, to, to, like, which one should I go with? Because I went with an all navy and white uh, version. And then I came out with one that had uh, where the stars were orange. And I added th- some orange to the armchair logos that were on either side of the of the crest and the final version was released today i i had the 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 bears talk underground lettering on the top and bottom of the crest i had them trimmed in orange i dropped the trim so it's just the plain white letters i think looks a lot cleaner as far as the letters go but the orange stars stay the orange armchair logo stay that's the final version and but the over the response from you guys was uh was a bit more active than I'm used to on Twitter. Maybe you know a handful of people will say something, but we, you know, I got tons of likes and uh, lots of comments on that, and that's the kind of interaction I like. That's the kind of interaction I want to get uh, from you guys. So I, I I appreciate you guys taking an interest in that and and um, you know giving feedback on the logo, and it was overwhelming in in the way of the uh, the orange version. You guys like that way more than just the plain blue and white. So. Uh, that's the version that we're going with, and the modified one with the white lettering is the one that I posted today. So that's what we're going with uh, from now on. So, but thanks to that, and the the little phenomenon that I stirred up with the with the new logo, and to to Aaron Lemming, uh, he's one of the like, kind of a Bears writer. He does this thing on Twitter on Fridays called Follow Friday, where he's like anyone who's a, a blogger or a podcaster with uh, bears content he will basically tag you in a tweet be like if you guys are looking for bears content these are the people to uh to to follow or to to look into or whatever and he added me to that list not too long ago and uh when he first started doing that i had about 630 followers on twitter and now i'm up to 763 so thanks to him and thanks to this little you know thing that I've done, I've I've gained over 100 followers like in the last four or five months, which is a huge deal uh, for me because um, you know I don't really pound the, the the table as far as trying to promote the show as much as I probably should. And uh, I've always kind of said that the the following that I have is small, but it's loyal. A lot of you guys have been with me from the early Chicago Bears reviews days. You guys have been around through all the logo changes through the years. You were with me last year when we changed from the Chicago Bears review to the Bears Talk Underground, and the way that the show has grown with with adding the and, and you know putting myself out there to have guests on the show and 
and talking to big-time guests like Emery Moorhead and Kyle Brandt, Adam Rank, and having them uh, on the show and just expanding uh, my reach as much as possible and seeing where I can take this thing. And uh, you guys have been with me the, uh, the entire way. So my small but loyal following, I love all you guys, and, and uh, you know, you're the reason that I'll be doing this show even long after the Armchair Media Network drops me. <laughs> so, But um, anyway, next week, I think the show will probably come out on Saturday. I know it's a holiday weekend, but I want to wait for final cuts to be made. So uh, the, th- the game is Thursday night. Our good friend Kyle Brandt is actually calling the game again. So the, the, the little experiment they had last year when he did the fifth uh, game against the Bills last year, they're doing it again this Thursday with the Bears and the Titans. So he'll be calling the, uh, the finale. Final cuts will happen on Friday. And I'll, I'll give it. I'll, I'll do the show on Saturday, probably early Saturday. So sometime Saturday afternoon, I uh, hope to release the uh, preseason week four slash fifty-three man roster uh, review episode, and then then we get ready, and uh, we we we. It's 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 so close. Eleven days away, guys. Eleven days. We are Taquan Mazel days away from. Bears Packers kicking off this this long awaited 2019 uh campaign. So and I don't know if I mentioned it to you guys, but we're doing something a little bit different for the week 1 episodes this year. Um Evan Western who we had on the show very recently actually to to preview the 2019 Packers, he and I were going back and forth there for a bit about doing the preview episode for week one and then it's like you know what we literally just had you on the show because uh because of this new trend in not playing anyone during the preseason we haven't seen Aaron Rodgers run the new offense yet you haven't seen anybody of note playing uh for Green Bay and we certainly haven't seen anybody of note playing for Chicago aside from David Montgomery making some splash in week one against Carolina uh that's about the extent of the excitement preseason wise for the bears. We really don't have anything new to talk about going into week one. So I asked Evan if he'd be interested in coming on for the review episode on Friday after the game on the sixth. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to give that a shot. Hopefully we're talking about how the bears pounded green Bay and into the ground uh, week one and, and, and sub, you know, cemented their hold on the NFC North for at least one more year and, uh, you know, have Evan try to explain to us uh, how they even dared to show up at Soldier Field to play our beloved. And then the more interesting thing that I'm going to try, and, and, and I'm working on this, I've got a couple of commits so far. I'm wanting to do, steal an idea from Brad Motter, uh, our L.A. Rams, uh, Locked on Rams uh, friend, a couple of weeks ago, or last week as a matter of fact, he did a what he called a summit episode where he had a roundtable discussion with himself and hosts of other Rams podcasts to kind of talk about the forecast for 2019, where the Rams are, where we want them to be, so on and so forth. I went to Brad as like, dude, I'm stealing your idea. I love that. I think it would be the perfect week one preview type episode to have a roundtable discussion with other hosts of other with hosts from other Bears podcasts to kind of talk about 
you know, where we see the season going, where we see how we see week one playing out, so on and so forth. So far, I have commits from Lauren uh, Cox from Locked on Bears and um, Nicholas Moriano from the Chicago Audible is also going to join me um, for the uh, for that show. Nick is more of a soft commit right now. I think it's going to be more of when we're going to be able to do the episode. He's definitely interested. Let's put it that way. He's interested in coming on the show. Lauren is a yes. That's a, almost a guarantee. And we're working on at adding at least one more uh, host. So if you guys have any recommendations for somebody you'd like for me to have on the show for that roundtable, let me know and I will reach out to them and see if they're interested in, in doing it. So that's what we're going to do for week one. I want to have that roundtable, have, you know, all the different Bears hosts on there, be a nice cross promotion uh, type thing. And I think it'd be fun for you guys to hear uh, from uh, from other hosts of, of other shows and things like that as as well. So because there's there's plenty of audience to go around. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, that's the plan for next week when we're doing the, the week one stuff. We're going to have Evan Western on after the game instead of before it. When we get to week two, that's when we'll go back to normal. When we have Lori Lattimore of Oakman on to preview week number two, and then it'll be a regular review episode after that. So um, still wondering what I'm going to do with the knee-jerk reactions for, for the show with Evan. Maybe make him listen to him. Who knows? But anyway, I know you guys love that stuff, so that's definitely not going anywhere. The knee-jerk reactions stay. But um, anyhow, exciting stuff that we have coming up. Thursday night, we got the Titans. Our good friend Kyle Brandt to be calling the game. We got the cuts. We'll know how it's all going to shape up. Will Eddie Pinero hang on to the job? Will somebody on the waiver wire just be too good to pass up for, for Ryan Pace? You know, how long will the 53-man roster that we release next week be the 53 men that take the field against Green Bay the following week? Because uh, that changed. Because uh, we made our cuts, then we traded for Khalil Mack, then we had to make some moves to put Khalil Mack on the roster. So that's uh, something that we got to do. Uh, next week uh, as well so anyway this has been the longest outro in the history of podcasts come back on saturday when we have the 53-man roster we'll talk about preseason week four if there's anything worth talking about other than how much fun kyle brant was to listen to so come on back next week hold on a second hold on a second how did i just do this entire podcast and not talk about the biggest thing that happened in the game. I mean, it didn't have anything to do with the game itself, but the biggest news that happened. I talked about it in the intro. The written intro that you read before you download the episode talks about it, and here I went a whole 40 minutes and didn't talk about it once. So here I am, thank God, to the powers of editing. Before I uploaded the show, I noticed I had not talked about the Andrew Luck thing yesterday. So third quarter comes around. And Adam Amin, who's calling the game for the the Bears broadcast, in utter shock, like he was just about to announce that the president had been assassinated, in utter shock, the, the, the tone of his voice, he just like, he could not believe what he was reading as he announced the tweet that Adam Schefter put out saying that tomorrow at 3 p.m., tomorrow isn't being Sunday, today, uh, Andrew Luck is, is going to hold a press conference and announce his retirement uh, from football and you know what was really remarkable about that number one was then me picking up my phone to see if I could read that and seeing that it was already everywhere and what was really interesting about the Bears playing the Colts when this information broke is that you could see in the broadcast how that news was permeating through the crowd 
You know, some guy was standing up in his stupid man bun, you know, burying his arms or burying his head in his in his in his arms and, uh, you know, leaning, doubling over in his chair like he's devastated. One guy took his Andrew Luck jersey off and um, and all the rest of that stuff. You do just kind of see like this news just coming out of nowhere and, and essentially blindsiding people. And I definitely feel for the Colts fans. I mean, how devastating would it be if we found out tomorrow that Khalil Mack didn't want to play football anymore? You know, like, you know what? I I haven't been playing uh, in the preseason and turns out that's a good time for me. I think I'm done uh, with football. I just uh, I don't have the passion for it. I I haven't been playing and I and I don't miss it kind of thing. So I think I'm just going to hang it up. And, uh, you know, thanks for the for the fun. Chicago, it's been great. And you know, y'all keep it real and good luck in 2019. We would want to burn Ka- uh, Khalil Mack at the stake. And I, I understand their anger, their frustration. What I don't understand, what I don't condone is them booing him when he walked off the field. That was not cool. I, and I know that it's a knee-jerk reaction thing. You're angry in the moment about the news, about him walking away from the game and you know, a lot of us fans with the passion that we have for our teams and, and how much these games mean to us, we react emotionally. And I, I just hope that those, like I agree with Adam Schefter and uh, Chris Mortensen, I both saw them put out tweets uh, since this happened last night that I hope that for their sake, those people that booed Andrew Luck last night regret it today. Like that was their emotional kind of knee-jerk reaction response to to the news and seeing Andrew Luck uh, on the field and, and, you know, there he is in his Colts T-shirt and he's just walking off and you boot him. I get the emotion. I don't get the sentiment. I, I don't get the – or I get the sentiment. I don't get the action is more so, more so what I mean. You know, actually booing him, you know, what's the point of that? What's that going to fix when, when you think about it tomorrow or when you get into your car and you calm down, you're going to regret that. You're going to regret that that's how you responded in that moment. Being angry is fine. Being upset is fine. Like I said, if we found out Khalil Mack didn't want to play football anymore or, you know, if Trubisky was like, you know what, good luck with Chase Daniel and Tyler Bray, I'm out. We would definitely be pissed. You know, there would be people that would have an adverse reaction uh, to that. But in the end, it's like, you know what, this is the best decision for this guy. I watched his press conference after the game, and you can see that this decision was killing him. You know, the, the, the kid loves football. The guy wants to wants to play. But it's just, uh, you know, since the 2014-2015 season, it's been an endless cycle, as he said, of injury, rehab, you know, injury, pain, rehab, injury, pain, rehab, injury, pain, uh, rehab. And, you know, like he missed all of 2017 uh, with, the, with the shoulder injury. He was the 2018 player, comeback player of the year. Last year had an outstanding uh, season, like 4,500 yards and 30-something touchdowns. You know, led the Colts back to the playoffs and won a playoff game in the in the wild card round before falling to the uh, to the Chiefs in the in the divisional round uh, last season. As a guy that was drafted number one overall in 2012, led the Colts to to three playoff appearances in 2012, 2013, 2014, and went all the way to the AFC Championship game in 2014. For losing to the uh, Patriots, who were the who ended up being the Super Bowl champs that year, they beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl that year. But um, you know, by by all accounts, he's an outstanding guy. 
Uh, he's really smart. He is somewhat of a, a goober, if you've ever kind of seen him uh, talk and whatnot. But he's definitely a smart guy. He was an outstanding quarterback, you know, kind of a pillar of the community uh, type guy. So I feel bad for him, A, that he has to walk away from the game. Not, I mean, you, 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 you would kind of account this to being on his terms, but these are not his terms. This is not how nobody wants to go out like this. Everybody wants to go out like Elway did or Peyton Manning did where, you know, you got to hoist that trophy. You know, you might be a little long in the tooth, but you get to walk out, walk out on the game with uh, on your own terms and in the highest possible spot you can be in. You don't want to be that guy that, you know, by some pessimist, some dickheads out there that's going to call you a quitter because you, you're, you know, the endless cycle and the exhaustion of having to rehab and try to get ready for this season only to go out and get beaten up some more could be more mentally exhausting than physically uh, exhausting. And then that's where I definitely feel for Andrew Luck because even though he's made the decision to walk away, he's not walking away on his own terms. He's walking away on Mother Nature's terms. You know, he has to listen to his to his body and, and you know, realize that it's just it's it's not worth what he's doing to himself. He, he just doesn't want to do it anymore. And he's he's not quitting. He's not a quitter. Those people that have gone out there and said that uh, said those things that you're idiots. You are absolute idiots. The 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 mental and physical grind of rehabbing an injury. I can't even imagine. I mean, even in in my days, I got banged up a little bit. You know, I sprained an ankle. I separated my shoulder, that kind of thing. But I was out for a week, maybe two weeks at the most. And I never missed any games. So I don't have to know the process of tearing an ACL and having that be a six to nine month process where how long will it be before I can walk under my own power? How long before I don't need crutches? How long before I can ditch the brace? How long before I can be trusted to run or jog again? And then the whole mental exhaustion of not thinking about this surgically repaired ligament that you have and just play the game the way God intended kind of thing. It's a lot. I thank God never had to go through anything like that, and I can't imagine what Andrew Luck must have felt like last year with every hit that he took on that surgically repaired shoulder that kept him out of football for over a year. Uh, and and then having to start from scratch again with the calf injury and the ankle thing that's been ailing him this year or before when he lacerated a kidney and didn't know it uh, you know, in the football game. He had a busted kidney and he didn't know. So, I mean, this guy, he's not a quitter. He's not a quitter. He's he's smart, if anything else. So uh, rather than, uh, you know, it's like he's, it said, it sucked the joy out of the game for him, which is, that's heartbreaking to hear, man. That is tough to hear. That somebody who clearly loves playing the game and enjoys it, for for them to say something like that, it's, your heart goes out to them. It, it, you, you know, you really do. And um, I, 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 I can't fathom what he's had to go through to get himself ready to miss all of 2017 and watch his team struggle without him in 2017. The Colts were not a good football team without him in 2017. You know, we were picking eighth in the 2018 draft. They were a couple spots ahead of us at six. That's why we don't have Quentin Nelson on our offensive line uh, this year or, you know, for the first five years or so of his career uh, kind of thing because they were they were worse than – actually, they had the number three pick and traded back with the Jets. So, I mean, they earned number three in 2017 that's how bad the Colts 
uh, were without uh, Andrew Luck. So, you know, it, it's uh, it's going to be interesting for the Colts. This was a team that was primed to make big waves in the AFC this year. Uh, rejuvenated, uh, you know, Andrew Luck, who was the 2018 Comeback Player of the Year. You got Darius Leonard, who was a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, was an amazing player for them as a rookie last year. They had, you know, they made some moves. They got, they had a really great draft, and they got tons of salary cap space and went out and signed a bunch of free agents and, you know, but didn't overspend and, and pay anybody $30 million or anything like that that didn't deserve it and things like that. This is a team that's primed for success going forward, and they took a hit last night when uh, when Andrew Luck announced his uh, retirement. I think they'll be okay with Jacoby Brissett. I don't know if there'll be players in the AFC without him, without uh, without Andrew Luck. So, and it kind of sucks for me personally because uh, the the Colts are my AFC team. So it's like, ah, crap. Yeah, not good. But um, you know. Yeah, I almost did this whole episode without talking about the Andrew Luck thing, and I felt like a moron as I'm sitting here, kind of uh, as as the uh, as the episode was kind of um, as I was mixing the tracks, uh, I was kind of looking at my phone and saw about eight Andrew Luck tweets. It's like, wait a minute, I didn't talk about Andrew Luck, did I? I must go and and re-record or add a little thing onto the end. So hopefully you guys are still listening. You didn't uh, duck out when I was doing the outro before we'll do the outro for real this time and uh we will be back next weekend on saturday to talk about the you know anything worth talking about for the preseason game and preview the 53-man roster so until then my name is larry d and this has been the bears talk underground Jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.